The telecom industry has at various times been accused of being out of touch, old school, disconnected from current trends, and even a few other less polite things. I've actually had people tell me that they wish that they'd spent their careers in a more innovative industry working for somebody like Google or Facebook. So to those people, let me suggest a moment of reflection. I want to share with you some of the things that have come out of the telecom industry, specifically things created at Bell Laboratories and some of their sort of sister research organizations. Their tentacles of innovation were pretty widely spread. In the early days, Bell Canada was part of the Bell system, and by extension, they were a large part of the Canadian technology landscape, especially after Bell Canada and Northern Electric combined their research and development arms to create Bell Northern Research. So let's take a look at some of the things that came out of this out-of-touch, old-school, disconnected industry. And let's start with something extremely basic, data networking. In 1925, AT&T successfully transmitted photographs of a U.S. political convention using a machine invented at Bell Labs called the telephotography facsimile machine. In the mid-1940s, they used a teletypewriter in New York to remotely control a computer in New Hampshire. From that point on, they serially pioneered faster and faster analog modems, up to and including DSL. Then, of course, there's the transistor. A transistor is a little device with three wires coming out of it made of a little speck of a material called a semiconductor. Depending on the design of the transistor, when voltage is applied to one lead, which is called the base, current flows from the collector lead to the emitter lead, or, as I said, depending on the design, in the other direction. In other words, a transistor is a gate, or perhaps more accurately, a valve. That's a good word to use because the device that the transistor replaced, the fragile glass vacuum tube, is called a valve in England. Anyway, in 1947, John Bardeen and Walter Brattan realized that they could make a valve that used silicon and germanium and a few other magical substances, forming the basis for what would become the semiconductor industry and giving rise to companies like Intel, Texas Instruments, AMD, and many, many others. These were the original Silicon Valley companies. The ones we know today, mostly software companies, came much, much later. There's a reason it's called Silicon Valley and not, I don't know, Code Valley. Anyway, that won them the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1956. Now, we could just stop there and say, okay, they're cool. But let's not. Let's move on to another trivial invention that came out of the labs, cellular telephony. Yeah, that's cellular telephony. They invented it in 1947, and the first commercial cellular network was installed in Chicago in the 1970s. But they didn't stop there. The labs also made major contributions to the development of Wi-Fi, WiMAX, 3G, 4G LTE, and now 5G. Then there's the work they've done in energy production. In 1954, Gerald Pearson, Daryl Chapin, and Calvin Fuller designed a silicon solar cell at Bell Labs that converted sunlight into energy. The first installation was in Americus, Georgia in 1955, and in 1962, solar cells built at Bell Labs powered Telstar, the world's first communication satellite. And as long as we're on that topic, let's talk about Telstar. In 1962, Bell Labs built and successfully launched that first geosynchronous satellite, which made it possible to bounce telephone calls all over the world. 
And keep in mind that what made Telstar work were the transistors inside and the solar cells that encrusted its surface, both invented at Bell Labs. When I was nine years old, I took the time to memorize the words behind the acronym LASER, Light Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation. I don't know, I just thought it was cool. In 1957, Charles Hard Towns and Arthur Leonard Schwalau did work that ultimately led to a patent being filed in 1958, technology that formed the basis for modern optical networking. The first light wave system, invented, of course, at Bell Labs, was launched in 1976. Actually, that wasn't the first light wave system. In 1880, Alexander Graham Bell, after whom the Bell System and Bell Labs are named, and his assistant, Charles Tainter, demonstrated the photophone, a device that allowed a human voice to be transmitted over a visible light beam. I want to remind you, that was in 1880. And then, of course, there's push-button touch-tone dialing. Now, this may not seem like a particularly big deal, but it is. Why? Well, somewhere along the line, in the 1950s, I believe, the labs figured out that pushing buttons was a lot faster than turning a dial with your finger to make a phone call. By assigning an audible tone to each button, they could make a push-button phone work, but not so fast. They also saw a problem with that design. If they picked frequencies for the buttons that the human voice occasionally produced, then a person who was talking while dialing might inadvertently dial an unwanted number by using that particular frequency in their voice. So instead, each button was assigned two tones, which are played simultaneously when you push the button. That's why touch tone is sometimes called DTMF, for dual tone multi-frequency. And what did this make possible? Well, all kinds of things, like using your phone to trigger voicemail, email, special features, and so on. But their contributions weren't limited to just hardware design and development. They also had their fair share of software designers. If you use a Mac or an Android phone or an iPhone, you can thank Bell Labs for the fact that it works. Why? Because they invented the software kernel that drives those devices. It's called Unix. This operating system was developed between 1969 and 1972 and to this day remains the most compact, efficient, and powerful operating system ever invented. Sorry, Microsoft. Based on the C programming language, it's the widest used software environment on the planet. Are you starting to get my point? Feeling a little bit better about the industry that you've picked? Well, don't hang up yet because there are a few more things I want to tell you about. For example, the Digital Signal Processor, or DSP. These are specialized processors that take in an analog signal, convert it to digital, perform all kinds of blazingly fast computations on it, convert it back to analog, and then send it on its way. Bell Labs built the first single-chip DSP in 1979, and today DSPs are the heart and soul of just about every electronic device on the planet. Okay, let's see what else. In 1939, they built the first binary digital computer. In 1927, they successfully transmitted the first long-distance television signal. In 1932, Carl Jansky found radio signals coming from the depths of the Milky Way galaxy, and as a result, radio astronomy was born at Bell Labs. 
1951, direct distance dialing was offered for the first time, another invention from the labs that made it possible to call long distance without involving an operator. In 1956, they lit up the first transatlantic telephone cable, and in 1965, the first fully electronic switch, the number one ESS, was released. No relays, no moving parts. What also happened in 1965 was that Arno Penzias and Bob Wilson, two researchers at the labs, discovered cosmic background radiation that led to the discovery of the Big Bang. Now just think about it. Without Bell Labs, we wouldn't have Raj or Leonard or Sheldon or Bernadette or Amy or Penny. I apologize, that's an inside joke for fans of the Big Bang Theory show. I guess my point is that this industry is kind of a big deal. I think a little bit of pride here is warranted. So when I said that telecom is the technological equivalent of Tolkien's ring, now you see why. From a desire to have people be able to speak across vast distances came some of the most scientific discoveries, the most important scientific discoveries in human history. And they all came from the telecom industry. Again, a little bit of pride is okay. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve Shepard. 